welcome to our uh, third episode of Fanboys and Features. I'm your uh, co-host, Luka Zhang. And I am your co-host, Andrew. Today we'll be talking about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so, as with all of our uh, previous uh, movie reviews, this isn't going to be like a play-by-play of everything that happened in each episode. We're just going to give our general thoughts on the whole show. I mean, we're going to go through each episode, but don't expect like a super... A detailed description of everything that happened. So, I guess do do you wanna do you wanna start us? Do you wanna start off? Oh yeah, sure thing. Uh, my so you know my original thoughts going in, I didn't really have too many expectations. I have to say that WandaVision kind of set the bar for me on how Marvel television shows were going to be, and I feel like you know I thought it was going to be okay because WandaVision didn't act really like blow my mind, but. It definitely had something to show, but I have to say that Captain America, sorry, Captain Falcon Winter Soldier, well, actually, now it is Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. This is just, like, such a improvement upon Marvel television shows when it comes to storytelling, visuals. It's just everything that WandaVision did wrong, it did right, I guess. Though, again, WandaVision is entirely different when it comes to cohesive storytelling. This story you know is much more grounded in reality and it focuses more on the political and economic consequences of the blip where everyone returns from the events of the snap and you know people don't normally think about like oh what would happen if everyone just suddenly came back it's just the consequences are would be devastating you know for people living across the world economies would collapse because, you know, just there are now more people in the world. <laughs> yeah, I think WandaVision was like, was, was very personal. It was, it was very about kind of Wanda and, and Division, kind of how losing him affected her after the events of Avengers Endgame. And like what I liked about WandaVision. I think the problem with WandaVision is there wasn't enough like intrigue to like to draw us away from the sitcom sort of thing they were doing. I just the first three first like two three episodes. I feel like I just I didn't know where the show was going. Like I feel like halfway into the show, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be trying to figure out where the direction of the show is going. I should at least have that figured out but even like halfway i was still like i don't know what the show was trying to do right now it wasn't really until like like that flashback scene when uh the the, the witch lady i forget uh agatha agatha come on she, it's the song I, I, you liked i know i the song's the song's fucking dope but <laughs> i didn't really care about agatha as a character and I think it wasn't until, like, that flashback where, where we go through, like, Wanda's entire upbringing where I feel like I really started to get a sense of what the direction the show was trying to go towards. But I think it had a lot of potential. I think I think season two will bring a lot more to the table, especially with... The, I think they're going to try to tie in Doctor Strange into the next season if they're I think they're planning on doing a second season of the show oh, on division yeah I mean they definitely teased it at the end at the end of the last episode I thought there were going to be more of them I guess I don't know how to describe it exactly, or maybe she'll maybe but... they'll bring her in for uh, the 
the next Doctor Strange yeah, movie. Yeah, I was thinking that's more of a you know continuation into uh, what's it called multiverse madness, and I thought you know I thought WandaVision was just going to be a kind of a one-off series that would kind of make more sense because like it's an entirely different new setting in that case if they were to continue WandaVision or they would have. I don't know what more you can do with Wanda and Vision at this point. Yeah, I mean, she she kind of had, like, a pretty... It seems like she had a pretty full arc at the end of the show, you know, kind of getting over getting over her grief of losing Vision, so... Oh. They brought in, like, the OG, like, like a pretty dope-looking version of the, of the comic book costume, and I kind of want to see oh, that. Oh, yeah, I like that. I have yeah. to say... I, that that's also kind of where my critique comes in for the show. I feel like the show can only stand on, I guess, uh, fan service. You know, you have yeah. silver, you have the costumes, you have all these comic book references, and they're of course they're nice things to have, and they should be cherished in comic book adaptations. I feel like if that's just all it has to offer, then I feel like there's, I guess, not much else behind it. Yeah, there's so many things in it that, like, oh, you had me, you had me with this, but then they just kind of drop it. Like, <laughs> like, like, the good example is the good example is the yeah Quicksilver when they brought in the Quicksilver from the X Men movies. They just the whole point of him, <laughs> that the whole like end game of that of him bring of bringing in that version of Quicksilver was to make a boner joke at the end of the show. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. So I just I was like that kind of let me let me a little disappointed, but. Enough, enough about WandaVision. Let's, uh, let's, dive in, let's dive into Falcon. So, first episode, right away, very very Marvel-style action scene. Cool a chase with Falcon. It just tons of energy. It just, immediately, to me, it felt way more Marvel than WandaVision, which some people might not like. Some people might want to see something different now that we're in Phase 4 of Marvel. But... I think what I the core of the show for me definitely is Bucky and Sam. Those two, like that sort of buddy cop, like Lethal Weapon or <laughs> or Rush Hour, Rush Hour style type of movie. That's kind of that's the core of the show, and I think what I think makes the show work a lot really well is that we get to dive really deep into the, those two. More so than we've seen in the other movies. We've got a little bit of Sam in Winter Soldier. And we got and we got some of like Bucky post Winter Soldiers are kind of sprinkled throughout a little bit. So, so Civil War we got some definitely and a little bit. But I think that was it, really. So other than that, we don't get a ton of Bucky post Winter Soldier, so it was really cool to dive into how the whole Winter Soldier persona is still kind of impacting him now. Yeah, I agree. They do such a great job introducing these two characters back in the spotlight because I feel like it's been so long since we've seen, I guess, Sam as an actual character because all that we see him ever since, in my opinion, at least from the uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, that second Captain America movie, I feel like that was really the only time we get to see him flourish as a character. And then throughout, you know, he's sprinkled in the background. But it's just, I feel like he could be utilized so much more throughout the times he was shown. But, and then this series, I feel like, you know, 
he kind of earned the title of Captain America in the moments where he shines throughout the rest of the Marvel series. Yeah, because Prime, before the show, we didn't really see a whole lot of Sam. We got a lot of the Falcon, but we didn't see a whole lot of like Sam as a person. And this we got it like is like him like helping his sister run the boat. So I I like seeing these like characters kind of being brought down to earth. I think it really does a lot does a lot to humanize them instead of just like seeing them as these like ultra powered superheroes all the time. Same with Bucky, you know, in the first episode when we see that flashback where he go he murders that kid and then. When later in the, in the episode he meets with the uh, I forget the old the old the old Japanese man I forget what his name was but we later learned that Bucky yep, killed, killed, killed his son and I was like oh you know that really reminded it kind of reminded me in, like in Civil War when Azimo shows them that shows Iron Man Cap and Sam that video. Yeah. <laughs> that turns out that Bu- it was Bucky that ended oh. up killing Tony's parents. I remember I saw that in theater. In the theater, I just kind of just like crumbled in my seat. I was like, bro, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, I really so. like stuff like that. I don't know why. It's just like whatever happens, I guess, like, in that situation. On, I, I just like, you know, I'll, we'll talk about Zemo later, but I feel like that's why he's such a great character in the show and that he steals the spotlight from Sam and Bucky for the episodes that he's in is because he's – just, you know, he knows everyone's weaknesses. He kind of has this other perspective that gives him the power over these other Avengers, which is he knows and they know that we're, that these uh, super soldiers, you know, are kind of, I guess, problematic. Yeah. And, and, the, and he is able to show that in the uh, Civil War arc where, you know, he shows Iron Man like, OK, you know, if you are not going to agree with me from my perspective, how about, you know, I'll show you what a super soldier like Bucky did to you. Mm-hmm. And I guess in that instance is not perfect because Iron Man was fueled with like rage and wanted to avenge his parents. <clears throat> but what he, but what Zemo really wanted to do was he wanted to show everyone that, you know, you are giving these powered people privilege over all of you power to i guess you know save your lives you depend on these particular individuals then you know things are going to become problematic because they're not necessarily perfect because these are still people that have their own personal problems you have iron man you know if you tick him off he'll you know he'll nearly kill one of his own teammates or whatever you know, will set him down that path. And it's just, I like, that's why I really like Zemo as a character. Yeah, Zemo was a really interesting addition. Like, I didn't I didn't think I would like him as much as I did. He, he, I mean, he ended up being, like, a standout character in the show for me. And obviously everyone's seen that meme of, of the nightclub <laughs> scene. That's going to be run into the fucking dirt in the future. I find that so interesting that, you know, you have these hated characters that, that, well, I guess more of like... He's sort of like a... I I kind of view Zemo as like Loki. He's like, he loved to hate him. Yeah, exactly. 
it's kind of like Ward and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if anyone's ever seen that show. It's just, you know, Ward is such a bastard, but you love him because yeah. he's like, <laughs> you know, he's evil, and he just plays the role so well. Like, Zemo he, does it, too. Yeah, like, he's, he still set off a bomb in the U.N. and framed Bucky for it, so, but his kind of dynamic and how he plays off of Sam and Bucky, I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. I just, I wish, I wish he had a bigger role because they kind of t- take him out of the equation near the end. I feel like he had a little bit more to do, but he's not, he's not the point. Of, he's not the point of the show. The point of the show was still Bucky and Sam. And they want to give, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you can go. Uh, they want to give uh, Sharon Carter and that redhead chick the spotlight as like the main villains though. I feel like it didn't quite sell for me. We can talk about that later, though. Yeah, I did. I want to touch on Carter, on Sharon Carter at the end, but I just think like, cause with like movies like The Avengers or like even like Captain America: Civil War, which is kind of like an Avengers two point. It was kind of like a more. It was more like a sequel to Age of Ultron more than anything. But with those movies, like you have all these bring all these characters together. You don't really get to dive super deep into each character individually as much, especially like. With characters like Sam and Bucky, they're not like as big as someone like Captain America or an Iron Man in terms of notoriety. So having this show and getting to really kind of peel back the layers of these characters, I thought was really, uh, really cool. And then them arguing about the shield and how like, kind of tying in like the the events of Endgame when. Uh, Captain America going back in time and kind of living that normal life and seeing how like Sam giving up that shield kind of really affects really affects Bucky I thought that whole arc was was done really well which kind of leads me to the next point is the new Captain America well was now I guess I guess US agent now I think Oh, I almost forgot about John Walker. How did I almost yeah. forget about John Walker? So, yeah, I feel like he was a more compelling villain in addition to Zemo. I don't know why, but I would have – well, I mean, I do know why. It's because John Walker is a complicated character. He is, you know, brought up to be the Captain America. I guess he never really asked to be Captain America and was just kind of like, you know – by surprise, he was just, like, selected to be, you know, to represent America in different world affairs. And the thing was, he was the perfect candidate from Soldier's point of view mm-hmm. because, you know, he was a war hero. He was a, you know, decorated veteran. He had these medals. And so, of course, from that point of view, he would be perfect. But the thing is, he wasn't quite, you know, the perfect, I guess, hero. You could, you, you could kind of see his uh, that the hate train after they first introduced him was real. <laughs> people, I know people did not like the new cat. Oh, but it's like I was saying, like when when Sam gave up the shield, I was like, you know, they're gonna just. I was like, and when he gave up the shield and they replaced him, I was like, 
What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Sam was like, I don't want to be Captain America anymore. And then he sees someone else be Captain America. He's like, oh, I, I want to be, Cap- be Captain America now. Oh, I want to be Captain America, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Also, it, the way that the way like the show was kind of like hyping up the new Captain America. I don't know if any of you listening have seen uh, the boys. It kind of very felt kind of felt like I got like the boys vibes. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Definitely. It's just like, yeah, it's not everything is what it seems with, like, your superheroes. It's just, you know, they could be actually good people or they could be pure evil or, you know, just conflicted. I feel like John Walker is not evil like uh, Homelander. He's not, like, going to kill people just to get his way. I feel like and he had a moment where he killed the uh, Flag Smasher. I feel yeah. like that was more of a emotionally charged event. Like, you know, yeah. but and also he was on superhero steroids. So, you know, that was also messing yeah, with his mind. Every, everyone's got the super soldier serum now. Except for Sam. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Captain America. <laughs> the, new, the actual Captain America. Yeah. Eh, he doesn't need it. No. He's got a jetpack. He's got a sweet uh, new suit now. That's right. I oh think my gosh. Love with this that. Suit. Uh, there's something I wanted to bring up about the new Cap. Actually, they did a lot more with him than I thought he would, because like he actually has like an actual arc at the end of the show. You know, when it's like there's there's when you, when you have someone like Steve Rogers, there's like a certain pureness with that character that you don't find in a lot of people. There's so one like he's his his whole arc was he's like he's like very idealistic and. views the world in sort of a very like kind of I don't say like utopian but like uh, I don't know how to describe it. I completely zoned out what are we talking about? I guess I was kinda of, Steve Rogers like kinda kinda of comparing oh, yeah. kinda of, kind of comparing him and the new Captain America but Oh that's right. I like uh let's see. I, I see what you're going for. But, like uh, yeah. you see like I feel like John Walker is a lot more realistic portrayal of what would happen if you gave someone the super soldier serum like that. Because what it does is it amplifies everything about you. And, you know, like when you look at someone like Steve Rogers, he's like so pure in his beliefs. And like so purely good. And it's like not, it's not something you find in a lot of people. So it was interesting to see like, I think John Walker is, was like the most interesting, like I, I, like the most realistic depiction of what would happen if you gave someone super strength like that. But he actually has like an actual arc at the end and kind of sort of redeems himself in a way. When uh, he's fighting like, the flag smashes and he like, catches it, and instead of fighting them, he catches that uh, truck with full of the people at the end. So I thought I thought they were just gonna take because they had that like pretty sweet fight scene where Sam they do that that Civil War style team up where they just kick the shit out of <laughs> John Walker and take the shield. So and I thought after that they were just kind of like, gonna cast him aside, but they actually gave him a pretty solid arc. <laughs> they do a good job of uh, yeah, you know, with John Walker as a character in this. I feel like. I can't. I feel like they're going to give him his own 
show, or maybe he'll be a more prominent character later on in different movies. But I, I'm sure, I'm sure I he'll come back. Probably season, I guess, season two of this show. Yeah. Well, one character I did think who could potentially get their movie, their own movie, would be uh, Isaiah uh, Isaiah Bradley, the, uh, yeah. the black uh, super soldier. That yeah, they that I thought, really I thought, cool. I thought his, I thought his whole arc. I mean, is pretty. I mean, it's really tragic. And not in an entirely unrealistic way, someone like him would have been treated given the time period where he came from. You yeah. know? Because I, I think that it kind of ties into the whole, like, you know, Cap, Sam and Bucky, you know, they've known Cap all this time and know him to be, like, this kind of this purely good individual. And, you know, every, every, everyone was Captain America, but at the same time, you know, when Isaiah said, you know, he's like blonde hair, blue eyes, he, he kind of really embodied really that ideal sort of human form that people wanted, you know, selling. So, just kind of showing like everything is not as good as it may seem, just kind of on on the surface level. Because, you know, I, I guess if I completely understand what they were going for because, you know, Captain America, you know, I it's because, you know, the majority of Americans are Caucasian. And it's like Captain America, Steve Rogers, Caucasian. And it's like the point and that I guess from that world and they're kind of being a little meta with it as well. It's just like Yeah, for sure. Showing, yeah, showing like, you know, having, you know, a symbol you know, Captain America, the point of Captain America is not that, oh, he's, you know, he should be entirely representing America. Like, you know, since Captain America is white, means that, you know, Americans should be, you know, idealized as being, you know, a white per- person's country. But in reality, it's rather the values that Captain America stands for. And it's just people kind of take that, you know, twist that image a little bit as like, Yet my Captain America is supposed to be white. He's everything mm-hmm. that represents me and my ideals, everything from what he is from the outside to what he is on the inside. But I, yep, the fact that, you know, Sam is black kind of challenges that. But Sam and, you know, Steve Rogers have very similar ideals on protecting their own country as well as wanting to help other countries and essentially protect the world from threats within and outside of their existing world and the fact that Sam is black is a perfect representation of how, you know, he is American, you know, no matter what your skin color is, you're an American. If you, if you were born in America or you want to go live in America, you want to go fight for your country in America. It's if your skin color does not matter, it's what you represent. Yeah, agreed. I think it's as good and pure and optimistic as Steve Rogers was, you know, the people that made him, you know, considering the time period from which Captain America came from, you know, people didn't obviously take in any history classes at all, you know, race relations were not, were very much worse at the time than they are today obviously it's still not, not perfect very, not, not very cash money yeah 19 
What, what am I saying? <laughs> like 40s. Yeah, 1940s. Whatever time period. I don't know. Ah, I don't know. Yeah. There's always going to be people that are dicks to other races in America. That's just how it is. There's always going to be dickheads that are racist. But it was more prominent back then. Yeah. And I guess, you know, it, racism wasn't at the top of the list in the World War Two era. So they could get with more shit like putting Isaiah Bradley under wraps, you know, doing experiments on him because it's like, uh, no, one, no one would care, obviously, because it would have been interesting to see, like, if Cap like had actually found out about Isaiah, like what would have happened. Oh god, it'd be so messed up if it's like Captain America was actually racist. No, <laughs> they, they, they were like, no. ah, who cares about him on Mars? <laughs> that was so bad. Cancelled, Andrew. Cancelled. Yep, yep. Can, but, cancel, hashtag cancel Steve Rogers. Yep. But I mean, but him like Isaiah getting that memorial at the end in the Captain America museum, I thought was really was really powerful. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, and actually, yeah, and really well done. And fun fact: the guy who plays Isaiah Bradley in the show, uh, boy, if any of you all have seen the uh, the OG uh, Justice League uh, animated show, he voices the Martian Manhunter. No way! Yeah, quick, that's that's quick awesome. Fun trivia. But yeah, I'd be like a like a, like a like a young Isaiah Bradley with uh, Sam. That'd be a cool movie, I think. I'd be cool with that. All yes. right, let's see. What other characters do we need to talk about? Sharon Carter. She's kind of a baddie now, not going to lie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't really I, – I don't buy it. I don't know why they're trying to make her a thing. Oh, I mean, when did we first see her? She was first introduced uh, – Winter Soldier. Well, no, no, no. Winter Soldier. I thought that's when we first. I think that's when we first see Sharon Carter. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. I, I could be completely wrong. Yeah, it's she, been a she, while. She, she didn't have a huge role in that movie, and then we got some more. Her, oh, a whole love triangle. Kind of got me. Oh, weird. that was weird. Got me weirded out a bit, but regardless, see, see, I was like, "Yeah, I'll bang my potential niece." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it makes him whole going back in time and getting back with uh yeah, with uh you know, the, the other Carter. What's the first name? Uh mm, I don't know. But yeah, back back Peggy? Peggy, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Makes that makes their whole uh, hookup sesh in in Civil War a little awkward. Yeah, it makes it a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. Turns, I mean, turns out, but turns out, Sharon Carter's the power broker. I mean, and see, it was pretty obvious by I think either is episode like four or five. It seemed pretty obvious to me that she's the power broker, but I guess now that she's back in the U.S. scot free. We'll see what happens. I'm curious. I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with her. I feel like they could have done without the twist. I feel like this series needed less villains. I feel like it was trying to tell way too many stories with that kind of perspective. Like a lot of bad guys. Like you got the Flag Smashers, kind of like a generic kind of bad guy organization. You got the all 
like the whole criminal they're underground. Not a terrorist organization, you know. <laughs> yeah, they got the, the whole like the whole. I want to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, the whole criminal underground thing they have in Madripoor. They got the uh, the French dude. Any of the MMA fans happy George St Pierre is back? Yeah. In the show, I forget what what his character's name is, but he's he's back. And. I don't know, I guess they, I mean, they kind of flipped, I mean, they, at the finale, they kind of flipped the script and treat the politicians as kind of bad guys as well, but we'll yeah. touch, we'll touch, we'll touch on that at the end. Okay. I guess, um, I didn't, they tried to give, uh, what's his name, Carly Morgan, Morgenthau? Oh my god, I can't remember they, her they, name. They tried to give her, I think it was compelling, I think it did enough for this show. They could have done a better job, in my opinion. Like, here's the thing, right? I, don't, I just, I just, didn't, I don't think I cared as much as they wanted me to. Right? I feel like, like Zemo and Carly are very similar characters, right? Because they're both like the tragic villains in yeah. each of their little stories. Because Zemo has something awful happen to him, and he's trying to, you know, use his ideology as a motivator to change the world around him. I, I guess almost as somewhat a personal vendetta, while also thinking, you know, this would be better for our world if there weren't any winter soldiers, sorry, any super soldiers. And then you have Carly, which is like much more complicated because, you know, after the blip, they are coming back to their homes and they're, you know, in the countries that they once settled in, they're now being kicked out again because, of these complications of people now living in their homes. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it brings up an interesting thought experiment. You know, let's right. like, let's assume like in reality, half the people on the planet disappear, and obviously you need you need the other half to kind of rebuild society. So all the countries are going to open up their borders, allow the people to come in, and essentially sort of occupy other people's previous homes. So all of a sudden, all those other people come back, and they find. You know, people living in their original homes, and it kind of creates a really messy situation. So I, I don't think any one side is really wrong here. So, right. But, so I think so, it, it brings up an a interesting conflict, kind of like you know, what do you do? How do you balance helping those who disappeared and those who had to endure those five years, not knowing like whether or not their loved ones were going to come back. Right. I feel like, again, tying back to, I guess, you know, the two different sides of Zemo and Carly, I feel like as Carly is trying to fight for, you know, her right as a, you know, citizen, occupant, whatever, in her own country, she's fighting for her right as a citizen in her own country. I I feel like I, I would have been more... I guess, drawn to her character if she presented her ideology a little bit better because I feel like uh, her being, acting like a straight-up terrorist, killing people, blowing up buildings is not a great way of trying to, you know, make a compelling argument. I feel like make, I don't know, it's just something that would have made her less of a villain and more of a tragic hero. Like, if she's trying to maybe steal supplies for immigrants that were kicked out or maybe she instead just cuts out all the killing because i get it you know she wants to bring attention to her message she wants some way to get attention 
But I feel like you can't entirely excuse her actions because, you know, Zemo is not any better in that, you know, he killed a person in the UN. And he, I think I like Zemo a little better because he acknowledges, like, you know, what I did was pretty messed up. And he confesses to T'Challa, you know, you, your father seemed like a great person, mm-hmm. but, and I regret doing that. Carly's like, I don't care. I'm going to kill as many people as I need. I feel like yeah. if she showed a little bit of humanity, I would have been more drawn to her. But then the series kept trying to make Carly the tragic hero and didn't work because she lacked that humanity. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she doesn't, she doesn't like care about other people she's doing this for other people so they don't have to be relocated from their homes i think she just as a character just kind of felt kind of one note to me as emo as emo how like he had that swagger you know that kind of really kind of exactly really drawed it drawed it that kind of drew you to him i just nothing there wasn't anything about carly that i hadn't seen before in another movie in terms of like that Right. You know, I mean, it's true. Like the best villains are the ones that you like. You actually kind of agree with in terms of like the reasoning for doing what they do. And I do kind of agree with her to a point. I just it just felt stale and didn't feel like she brought anything new and interesting to the table compared to what Zemo did. I guess. Uh, I guess we should. Uh, I do wanna. I do wanna touch on. Of the other Marvel uh, Phase Four stuff soon. Oh wait, wait, wait. Can, I, I do... can I quickly say something before we do that? I know, I know. I, st- I still want to talk about Falcon. Right. There's still a couple other things I want to uh, address. Okay, okay. But did you want to bring up something? Yeah, I want to quickly talk about um, Sam's speech near the end of the last episode. I feel like yeah, I want yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, I. I feel like it's a I get what he's saying, but it's problematic because yeah, I, I get what he's saying with you know, getting, you know, getting rid of labeling people, like, you can't just, you know, call a person, you can't disregard a person's message or, you know, what they stand for with labels like terrorist, thug, whatever. But I feel like at the end of the day, they're still, in this case, I feel like they're still terrorists, right? Because they will, you know, they committed acts that were harmful to people of multiple countries. But I feel like I get the point where there are the politicians that are disregarding what people are saying, and instead, I guess uh, what they would do is just say, yep, they're the bad guys. Don't need to hear what they have to say. They just need to be stopped. And, yeah. Yep. This is where. Because it's, it's not like one side of the whole argument of like, how do you, what to do with the people who came back versus the people who stayed. It's not like one side of the argument's clearly the right side, and the other side is clearly wrong. Like in my opinion, there's there's good points on both sides of the aisle. And I just think, I didn't I didn't think that his whole sh- speech at the end was super realistic. Yeah, this is cartoon comic book world. You can make a yeah. freaking another island using Stark Enterprise uh, nano machines. You can make another island for the immigrants. And, and you have you have yeah. spaceships you have spaceships now, but like honestly, exactly. And it, and after Sam ta- gives his speech, like he convinces the politicians to actually change their mind on the vote. And I was like, man, if it were that easy, 
to change politicians' minds about a, a piece of legislation. If I could just go up and they just talk to them, hey, Draco Biden, do, do better, do better. You gotta do better, Senator. Yeah, I just, if it was that easy, this, this world would be a much better place. I know. Uh, I, just, I, just, I, I didn't buy into it. It felt very sort of. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Just kind of. They could have done better. Op, you opti- gotta do better, writers. Yeah, just. <laughs> yeah, just like <laughs> optimistic to like a really kind of unreal, unrealistic degree. Yeah, it, it felt like they were trying to shoehorn a little message there, which, you know. It could have done better if it was actually, you know, attempting to not rely on underlying themes. Because, yeah, you see in one instance where they go visit Isaiah Bradley that Anthony Mackie's, Anthony Mackie's character was, you know, going to get potentially shot by the police because, you know, what was about to go down. Because, you know, unless the one police officer didn't remember, oh, yeah, this guy's the Falcon, if you didn't remember that... And, you know, something yeah. has to be gone. Yeah, that scene, like, it brings their world into our world, you know? Because if you think about it, like, all the Marvel hero characters, if you look at the characters, they're all just people, but with little extra something. You know, Falcon, he's just a, he's just a soldier, but he has, like, wings that can let him fly. You know, Bucky, he was just a normal soldier, but they, they gave him a metal arm, and he's now really strong. You know, Iron Man, he was just a normal guy, but he built a suit that made him, that gave him all these special abilities. And all the Marvel, like, the, the Marvel Universe takes place in our universe, like, the same, like, locations. You know, it's not like with the DC Universe, it's a bunch of, like, made-up locations, like Gotham or like Gotham City or Arkham. So I think the Isaiah Bradley arc really kind of brought their universe into our universe. Like if if these characters were real and, you know, things like things like the super soldier serum were real, if certain groups of people took took that serum, how would people react? And how would they how would those people be treated? So I think that's a good place to stop with that. Yeah, I just, I guess overall, what do you think of the show in general? I will give the show, um, I'll give it its, I don't know, okay, I'm barely stuck on an 8 or an 8.5 because it was good. It was very influential. It had some, unfortunately, some thorns in in my sides that, like, you know, tick me off about it because I'm watching it and I'm like, I could be really attached to the show if there weren't like these characters or these uh, flaws that are shown in the story. But I, yeah, I feel like it, the characters were good enough. I'll give it 8.5 out of 10. How about you? I'm probably, I'm like between for me, probably like a seven and a half to eight. No, I thought I was just, it was, it was solid. You know, it was just really solid. Nothing about it, like, really kind of blew me away, but overall, I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. You know, like, by far, my favorite part of the show was the dynamic between Sam and Bucky. Those two, you know, Sebastian and Anthony Mackie, they, re- they really carried the show, in my opinion. And right. I also, 
really like what they did with Zemo as well. I think those three really carried the show. Aside from that, nothing else really stood out to me that much. I thought the Flag Smashers were kind of generic. I, I, I'm 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 a little curious what they do with Sharon Carter now. So I can't tell. I don't know what I don't know exactly what her intentions are. Because now, because at the end of the finale, she said like now she's back in the U.S. She gives she gives that phone call say I got access to all this stuff now I'm back in I'm back in America <laughs> I'm back I, in Mer I'm in, I'm I'm in America. Yep, I think oh. she's just going to use American resources to mine Bitcoin. That's her plan. And and Dogecoin. Yes, Dogecoin, Dogecoin is, is the future. Yep. Yeah, I guess I guess this is good. Uh, sort of a good transition into uh, the next Marvel movies. Marvel Phase 4 dropped the, the trailer a couple uh, last week. What we got first? First uh, first one, then we got uh, Black Widow. I'm going to watch the hell out of that I'm one, so, actually. so stoked for that. Two I know, years. I, I think it's we, should, we, years. Should, we should have gotten this movie in Phase 1 or Phase 2. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm happy we're getting it as opposed to not getting it at all. Actually, this would have worked as a, oh my gosh, between Infinity War and Endgame. I feel like they should have done that. This one takes place between Winter Soldier, I think, and Civil War, if I remember correctly. Yes. But I'm I'm excited. You know. I agree. I'm very excited for this. I only worry with this movie is that I hope they don't make it too, like, big and, like, kind of too like over the top i want them to keep this grounded you know if you see like all the classic spy movies whether it's james bond jason Bourne, whatever we haven't gotten any with like we haven't seen like a solid female kind of version of that movie i would i really hope oh god i hope that it doesn't it's not like girl power the movie i don't think so i she's had black widow's had a really big role thus far in the marvels yeah, just show and, her as a character. And it hasn't, it hasn't, I haven't gotten any sort of, any type of vibe like that from her. And she, I mean, she's always been one, like, she was my favorite part of uh, Winter Soldier, in my opinion. And I was thinking, as after Winter Soldier, when I realized, okay, we need a Black Widow movie now. We really need one. So, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm really uh, stoked what they do with her character now, even though she tech, I mean, as a, she's dead, but better late than never. All right. Next we got is uh. Next we have is the Eternals. Uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That looks cool because they got my boy the Mandarin. Yeah, like an actual version in Iron Man Three. An actual version of the Mandarin. I don't yes. know. I was. Yeah. I didn't. I still don't really know how I feel about that whole uh, twist in Iron Man 3. It was so it's kind, kind, of, kind of weird, but at the same the actual Mandarin that they had in the movie, I wasn't that impressed by. So I'm excited what they do with like the legit Mandarin in this movie, you know? Um, like Marvel, Marvel meets like Hong Kong style Chinese like Kung Fu. Oh, movie. man. I really hope it's going to be like a Jackie Chan or, yeah, Jackie Chan style movie. Yeah. And you guys, yep, I kind of get that vibe because, you know, they have, 
I guess, kind of wacky side characters. I feel like uh, Aquafina is our name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Aquafina is going to be, you know, one of those wacky side characters that they like to have in, like, Jackie Chan movies. Well, actually, Jackie Chan's usually the, you know, goofy character, but I, I feel like you just need a little comic relief in there. But, yeah, really excited yeah, to see what this like, one brings. I mean, Marvel can Marvel can do whatever they want now. They have the Infinity Saga out of the way. They can really just kind of say, fuck it. Let's yeah. try. Let's try something. Let's don't, try. Don't need. Let's try anything now. Right. Next, next is we got uh, is the the Eternals. I don't know. I have no idea who these who these characters I are. I really don't care about the Eternals. <laughs> I, I know Angelina Jolie's going to be in the movie. That's it. Uh, muscular yeah. Indian guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, yeah. She, he's he, he was in Silicon Valley. I forget what his name. Oh yeah, he got he got he got ripped for this movie though. He got ripped. He got ripped for this movie. He got super jacked. Cause if any of you have seen Silicon Valley, I forget, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out trying to remember what the uh, what the the actor's name something was. Oh, uh, Kumail huh. not, not Nanjiani. Oh, okay, I remember yeah. that. So yeah, he got he got super buff for this movie, but I, I don't know anything about this. Ki- I'll check it out probably, but honestly, I don't I don't really know. Like I don't think it's gonna be bad. I just don't know anything about the Eternals. I guess next we got ah, uh, Spider Spider Man. Next Spider Man. Uh, I'm scared for this one because listen. I like I like the new Spider-Man. I feel like, you know, they should build more off of this character. You know, uh, what's his name? Tom Holland's Spider-Man is not, I guess, resonated with my generation specifically. Well, I mean, yeah, he is about, you know, Gen Z. and But he's, you know, he's for a younger audience. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know how I feel about the multiverse idea of like bringing back all the Spider-Man. Like it'll be. I'm, I'm excited. You know, I loved uh, Spider-Verse. I love. I love that movie. So right. I, Into the Spider-Verse was fan freaking so good. So I'm excited. You know, I, I I I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I just didn't think the movies themselves were that good. And obviously, Sam. The Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, aside from Spider-Man Perfection. Three, those are those are classics. So, oh, I like Spider-Man Three. I think that's funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, but I don't know if you saw it, but the uh, new Venom. The, oh the yeah, I saw I saw yeah. the trailer. That I saw carnage. the trailer for that. That, that looks be good. carnage. That looks pretty. That looks pretty sick. I I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of the first Venom movie, but I like Tom I like Tom Hardy. Dude, I feel like we're living in some sort of fantasy dimension i did not imagine this movie ever getting a sequel i'm like okay this is it yeah i mean i mean this is phase four now i mean we got i mean we can marvel's just kind of throwing it out all the out all throwing it out there now yeah throwing it out yes yeah, just give it, got, give it to us man yeah next we got a uh, doctor strange multiverse of madness I have high hopes for this one. Visual would, effects on the first movie were stunning. Yeah. And I feel like the incorporation right. of Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange is going to make for you know a fantastic movie filled with magic and I'm not, you know, introducing I'm not, different worlds. Hopefully, I think they're going to bring the X Men, but we'll see about that. Yeah, I'm not super familiar 
with Doctor Strange in the comics and like his like his, the shot like his bad guys. So I, I'm curious where they go with this one. I'm looking forward to it. I really like Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. The man can do no wrong. That's right. So we'll see what happens with that. Next we got Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Ah. Man, my king. Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Okay, who's going to be the new Black Panther though? What a, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do with this one. You think they're going to? I thought maybe. I mean, they film. They have all these movies planned out. I mean, years in advance. There's a possibility they have it, some of it filmed already. I feel like they knew. That, I feel like they knew Chadwick Boseman was not feeling too great. I feel like he. They said only like his close family knew and. I don't know, maybe may, they might recast him, who knows? It says it's coming out July 8th, 2022. Mm. So unless they have it filmed already this far in advance, my guess is they're going to just have to recast him. I feel like with the technology they have, they can even just, I guess, you know, do scenes with the new Black Panther and then just, like, copy-paste that character and whatever scene they need because of, you know, advanced CGI. Yeah, I thought maybe they would do like a whole, like a CGI replacement, but that seems a little sketch. Yeah, unless like your your VFX artists are like really on their game. Doing like a whole CGI person is really hard. You know, they tried it in like Rogue One with Tarkin and uh, Princess Leia. Those looked pretty good, but you could still tell something was off. So I don't think they're gonna do a whole movie based off a character. And have the main character be a CGI version. My guess is they're just going to recast him. I don't know who they're going to recast, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first Black Panther movie, and you know I'm excited to see what happens where they go with the next. Next we got uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Yes, dude, they bring back Russell Crowe. He's going to yeah. be Zeus. Oh shit! Yeah, right. And the bring back Natalie Portman as well <laughs> as uh whatever her name is Jane I think who knows I, I didn't really, yeah yeah I didn't really give a shit about her anyway but still I I love Thor Ragnarok exceed I think Taika Waititi is coming back and directing Thor Love and yeah. Thunder so I'm I'm pretty stoked for this one definitely a Ragnarok was definitely a highlight of the of that phase of Marvel for sure. Next, um, that's coming out on May 6th, 2022. Next, we got The Marvels. My guess is a sequel to uh, Captain Marvel. Yep, and they're going to have Kamala Khan, the, the bitch with the big, stretchy hands, if you know that. I know that I do not. I wasn't... <laughs> this one, sure. I don't know. Unless the, unless the trailer really blows me away, I don't have... What I, I will have to see until the movie comes out. I didn't really like the first Captain Marvel all that much. I thought it was it was meh at best. To me. It was okay. I didn't. I wasn't too into it. Someone went out there and enjoyed it. I will never forget what they did Nick Fury in that because I remember CGI Nick Fury comic. looked great. What I really wanted was you know. I wanted Nick Fury to lose eye because, you know, he was fighting the Winter Soldier back then. Oh, and the yeah. Winter Soldier, like, sniper or shot his eye out. 
And how does he lose his eye in the movie? A fucking cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the flargan. The the flargan. God God damn it. Whatever it is. What what a waste. Oh, what a waste. That's coming out (laughs) November 11th, 2022. Next, we got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, coming out February 17th, 2023. All right. I can't wait to see what's going to come out of that. I think, you know, they might somehow intercept Fantastic Four with that because... Fantastic Four is about the quantum realm. Yeah, they got they they had a they teased uh, fa- another Fantastic. Oh, please please let that one be good. But still, yes. I like I like the first Ant-Man movie a lot. Second one was kind of meh. So I don't I don't know who's directing Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. But all right, it should be good. All right, I, I, sure. I hope I hope so. Next. Next we got uh oh yeah Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three May fifth twenty twenty three I'm really excited for this one. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, and I'm also cool with that Christmas special they're coming out, whatever that may be. Yeah, I got a Christmas special. And I got a Christmas special. (laughs) I don't remember if it's going to be animated or not. I think the Groot series is going to be animated. This one is live action. Just trying to justify that Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Bad Batch ended. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. yeah, but so I, and then finally is they teased the uh, Fantastic Four. I don't know. The Fantastic uh, Four movies haven't had a great track record, but we'll see what what's now that Marvel has the rights to it. We'll see. We will you know. see. We'll see. I'm not gonna say it's like it's gonna be garbage because I have no information about this movie at all. I have high hopes but for it. I hope it's good. I'd like to get a good live action version of the movie. But aside from that, I think I think that's it. All now, right. Really hoping to hopefully bring movie theaters back, please, so I can go see these. I definitely I'm definitely gonna see. Black Widow in theaters for sure. Should become it's coming out. I think it's coming out in July. So yeah, really excited for that. Very excited. I think that's, that's about that's about all I got. That's all I got too. I have drained all my Marvel knowledge on this one. Yep, same for me. What else? What, what else? What else we got coming up next in terms of reviews? We got I think Mortal Kombat. I think Mortal Kombat. I, 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 haven't, I need to see that soon. I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm going to watch that soon. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll get an episode on that out. Um, so look forward to that as well. Also, uh, Bad Batch, Star Wars Bad Batch. I'm really enjoying it so far. I don't know how far. Have you started it yet? No, don't say anything about it. Okay, I'm not. I, I So far, uh, just seeing that Clone Wars animation back again makes me so happy. Makes me so damn happy. So... Really excited to talk about that. But aside from that, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, catch you in the next one. Thank you. Goodbye, everyone.